Facing opposition is something that every one of us are going to deal with. Uh, whether it's in business or neighbors or people in the church or family, you're going to face opposition. But it's so critical that you know how to deal with the opposition that you face. And so my title of my message this morning is Clean Out Your Well. It's time to clean out your wells. And in the book of Genesis chapter 26, we have a, a, a man by the name of Isaac, and his parents were gone. He was, he was alone. He was the only child. And his father's name was Abraham, his mother's name was Sarah. And, and you know the history of Abraham and Sarah, how God had promised them great things and a great inheritance and, and, the, and their offspring would be like the sand on the sea and all these things that, that were promises way before Isaac ever got there. And this is where I really want you to stay with me. I may really condense this. But I believe that there's an inheritance in some of your lives that you're afraid to dig up. You're afraid to work for it. You're afraid to pursue it. You've just kind of you saw. You've watched your parents walk in favor. You've watched your parents walk in, with the Holy Spirit just working in their life. You've you've seen God such a, a part in your family. But for some reason, you have stepped out of that inheritance, and you think that it's over here. It's always for somebody else, but it really isn't. That inheritance that your your family or maybe you're a first generation one who is establishing an inheritance. But there's something about us learning to clean out our well. And, and that's kind of what happened in the life of Isaac. But before we get into the cleaning out of the well, I want to tell you that God still had his hand upon him. If you go to Matthew, Matthew Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great, and he went forward, and he grew until he became very great. And something I listened to several times last night, there's a song that Free Chapel sings, and, and it's called uh, Moving Forward. And I began to think, I wanted to play that this morning, but, but they're all like seven minutes long, and I don't want to have a seven-minute seven long song before I speak, but... But there's something about moving forward in every one of our lives because it's terrible to stand still unless you're waiting on the Lord to speak to you, but it's worse to go backwards. It just is. There's something about moving forward. And what we just read is that God began to bless Isaac, and he was born into a family, of, not of his choosing, but that's the way he was ordained by God. He was born into this family, and there was an inheritance coming, and and because of God's favor, in verse 13, And the man waxed great, and he went forward, and he grew until he became very great. For he had, he had possessions of flocks and of servants, and possession of herds, well, I can't see, of possessions of herds, great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. And all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. So what had happened was, in, in, in verse 16, it says that Abimelech, who was going to be the heir of Abraham, Isaac hadn't have come, but Isaac came. And so now Abimelech is rich, and so is Isaac. But there was something about it that he was going to a place. If you go back to the first of chapter 26, you'll see that they were in a time of famine. And if you know anything about livestock, if you don't have proper water, you don't have livestock. They can't survive. They have to have it. And so at this time, they had seen the prosperity of Abraham. So the Philistines went into all the wells that, that his father had dug, and they filled him with dirt and rocks and things and just to make it difficult to redig. But, but Isaac remembered something about his dad. He remembered the wells, and he knew the structures because he had visited them in the past. 
And so here we have the scenario. He's going and him and Abimelech go different ways. And he goes back to the land where his father was. And as he gets there, he begins to go to the wells. And every well that he goes to that his father had established. Now, you may think that's no big deal. But how would you like to dip out a big well back in those times the way that they dig wells by hand? They didn't have an excavator. They didn't have metal shovels. They didn't have the things that we have, but they used their back and they used their hands and they used a lot of effort getting the wells dug. And so these were landmarks and these weren't done just for a one season, but these were things that were passed down to generations because those who began to set into the task of establishing wells were doing it for the generations to come. But the inheritance, if you will, these wells was something that the enemy came in because they were jealous and they began to take away. So after growth and success, be aware of opposition. And that's one thing that every one of us have to understand, regardless of where you are this morning. And I really want you to stay with me. Because whenever you begin to progress forward, you will always face opposition. There will be people that don't understand you. There will be people that say that you're arrogant. There will be people that don't want you to thrive. They want you to go backwards. I don't really understand that. But there is a mentality out there that people do not want you to succeed. That's just the way it is. Several months ago, there was a, um, you know, changes happened. And I'm going to be really honest with you in church. Uh, things change. The personalities change. My, my position has changed. You know, when we first came here, I was, I'm not trying to be whatever, but I was everybody's buddy. You know, I went to your houses all the time or you came over or I helped you do this or I helped you do that. And it was all this hands-on with every person just about in the church I was doing something with. But as the dynamics of the church changed, so did my role begin to change. And as my role began to change, I began to do things and think a little differently of the way it used to be. Don't get offended at any of this, y'all. Linda and Alec, can you see a change? Absolutely. But there have to be changes in your life that you have to recognize how to deal with those changes or you will never prosper and get to the place that God wants you to go. Now, you may think, well, I don't want it to change. Friend, let me tell you, if you don't want to change, you are stuck where you are. But every one of us have have to have the mentality that I want to change because I want to move forward. And as we think of those things, we begin to adjust and and we begin to deal with things differently. But I remember a fellow used to go to church here uh, several years ago, many years ago, that someone got in touch with and said, man, that guy says, now all you worry about is numbers. I tell Nick, I don't want to know. I don't want to know how many we have. I don't want to know. I just want us to do what's right. It's not about going to 400 or 500. It's about us just doing things right so that we are moving forward. We have a Race to Life Sunday coming up, and there's already people signing up, and some of you have come and told me. If you come and told me you want to get baptized, make sure you sign up the sheet out there, then we'll have a meeting about our baptism service. I love baptizing 30 people at a time. That's exciting to me. People are finding something. They're getting a hold of something, an inheritance that maybe they never had before. Something different. And if you and I are ever going to move forward, we have to learn to behave and operate differently in how we think, how we operate, how we respond. It's just the way it is. Now, I remember the good old days. I do. I remember growing up in the, in the good old days. But you know what? I believe that Isaac prospered even above and beyond Abraham because he had an inheritance. 
And if you have an inheritance here of any spiritual things or even financial or anything else, I don't think that those who busted their backsides, don't get offended at that, I will start to say rear end, so I'll just say backsides, to get to where they are, wanted to leave you an inheritance, omit that from the whatever. Uh, They didn't do all of that for you to go out and squander it. They wanted you to grow it. They wanted it to become greater. And they wanted you to get the vision as they did to make it happen. Right, Bob? Absolutely. That's the way we try to instill it. Isaac had it. And instantly as he began to grow, Abimelech told him to go on a separate way. And then he begins to go to the wells his father had made. And he gets there and he begins to get rejection. And in every one of our lives you're going to deal with it. Some of you have made, maybe made a commitment this morning. You've made a commitment in the last six months. You will face opposition. And you will have friends that try to entertain you or to get your attention. And they are not there to benefit you. They are there to trip you. They are there to beset your ways and to get you going in a different way that your inheritance will never come to pass. But you have to value the inheritance that God has for you. Chapter 26, verse 17. And Isaac departed and there and he pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelled there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names of which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley, and they found there a well of springing water. And the herdsmen of Gerar did strive with, with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the water Isaac. And because they strove with him. Verse 21. And they digged another well, and they strove for that one also. And he called the name of it, whatever that is. And he removed from thence, and he digged another well. And for they strove not, and they called the name of that. i got to have better glasses. Uh, you're going to have to help me out, Ross. All right. And he said, uh, for now the Lord hath made room for me, and he shall be fruitful in the land. And there's something about this, because I just want to stick to my notes. There was something about going back to these wells. They were the things that somebody else had taken care of. They began to clean them out, and they removed the clutter. And they removed anything else there that was preventing provision in their life. They threw dirt in it, they threw rocks in it, anything that can make it difficult. Opposition will always try to prevent you from prospering. And you need to really get that. You will have brothers and sisters that want to prevent you from prospering. You will have neighboring churches that don't want you to prosper. You will have parents. Some of you have parents that are jealous of you because you went above and beyond them. It makes no sense to me. In my opinion... I would love to see every person in here thrive in ways you never thought possible. You would see God do things, I'm talking financially, health, in your business, your family. Why would we not want each other to prosper? Why would we not want each other to have a better inheritance? Why would we not? Why would God, if if a good father knows how to give his good gifts to his kids, how much better does our heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those who what? Those who trust him, those that believe. And there's something about the inheritance of our father that he wants to entrust to us, but sometimes we have to work for it. You know, you don't ever appreciate things until you really get down and you work for the things that you've been given. These wells were for Abraham's future family, his offspring, not to be hindered by intruders. 19 through verse 22, they continued to oppose. People began to talk and accuse and blame, but he kept on digging. I want you to notice four verses. Verse 16 says, And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. Look at verse 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, 
And the Philistines had stopped him, and they said unto them, uh, anyway, he asked them to leave. In verse 19, verse 20, same thing again, verse 21. And they digged another well, and they strove for that one also. So three different times he had to dig. Leave us. Someone else was always vandalizing and trying to steal his inheritance. Opposition or frustration doesn't mean stopping or quitting. Actually, it means that there's something beginning to go right. And whenever you begin to have these temptations and thoughts, on Thursday nights, we're doing it every two weeks now instead of every week, and we just made a decision to do it because summer is so busy. But one of the things that we talked about this past week is learning to recognize when those dark things begin to come or things begin to try to creep back in or, or thoughts begin to oppress you or things begin to come back and entice you. And it's recognizing those are things that want to beset us from our inheritance. There's nothing in this life I want more, nothing, than I want my three kids to serve him. Nothing more, nothing more. Because that's the only thing that has to do with eternity. I may never have anything of substance to leave them, but I know there's something that their mother and I can leave them, and that's the character of walking in a godly way. Not that we haven't had shortcomings or failures, but I'll tell you this, we've tried to be faithful over the years. And if they can grasp that, that will be an inheritance that no one can take, no one can hinder. We're going to go to one more place, and it's one of my favorite places in Scripture, and it's Luke chapter 15. Isaac knew the place that his father had been, and he was intentional about going to those places. And I'll say this to Leighton and Atlanta this morning. I want you both to look at me. You got to start being intentional about this walk. This walk is something you do on purpose. This walk is something you do. It doesn't matter what happens around you. It's very intentional. Have you ever flagrantly did something intentional to hit somebody, to hurt somebody? How many ever been in a fight before? When you got in that fight, were you just trying to see how close you could get to their face without hitting them? No. You were intentionally trying to, you were trying to make contact, right? You're being intentional. It's the same way of pursuing the inheritance that God has for you. You have to be intentional about it. You have to have a purpose and you have to be very focused about receiving it. Going to Luke chapter 15, you know, a passage that I use in a lot of different messages. And it's one that I've loved so much over the, over the years. But uh, it's about the prodigal. The whole chapter is about things that are lost and things that are found. But I want to look at something about chapter 15 that I probably have said before, but who knows. Uh, chapter 15, verse 18 says, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, against, and before you. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of the hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he, he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and he kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And am no more worthy to be called your son. The father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the... The fatted calf, and let's kill it, and let's eat and be merry. For my son that was dead is alive again, was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. You know the greatest lesson the boy learned? I've never said this before, but his inheritance that he thought wasn't really that important. The true inheritance was his father. 
so often we get caught up on things that really don't matter. And we get jealous or whatever it is in, in family disputes, you know, inheritances. I know I've heard stories. But the thing to cherish this morning is not the things we can touch, but the one that can touch us. Digging deep, going back, go back to your roots. Watch what took place in those who established things in your family. Before we can ever make a move forward, we have to return to our source. That boy knew his source was his father. What did the brother think about the prodigal? Not very much. He was jealous and mad. What did the community think about the prodigal? They said he was scum. Get rid of him. Don't ever let him come back. Kick him out. That's what their opinion would have been. What was the pig farmer's opinion of the prodigal? Not much. Let me ask you this. What did the father think about the prodigal? And did you know it didn't matter what anybody else thought? Because the prodigal had to dig deep in that pig pen. You've heard me say this before, but I heard a minister say this once, and I'll never forget it. He said, I think that the prodigal was sitting in that pig pen and all that nasty urine and water mixed, and he could see his reflection in that mucky stuff. And he said, I think that he had to come to himself and say, you know what? I don't think my reflection was ever supposed to be in a pig pen and all the stuff that I'm looking down in. And he came to himself and he restored himself back to his source. 